Christian Life Coaching by Jimmy and Melissa Thrasher. I'm Melissa. Jimmy and I are ordained ministers, and we speak to the spiritual side of mankind. Today's podcast is entitled, Tricked, How Not to Be. Today we will be looking at the life of Jacob and his interactions with his brother Esau and his uncle Laban. The Bible has a lot to teach us about honesty with others, sowing, reaping, and how not to be tricked, thus avoiding the pain and the consequences of being deceived by others. Jimmy, before we get started on the message, I understand you're wanting to give a shout out to the top 10 cities who are listening to and downloading our podcast. That is correct, Melissa. We are thankful to everyone who listens and downloads our podcast. Ten Cities are showing us tremendous support, and we want to recognize them and thank them for their continued support. Miami, Florida, Frankfurt am Main, Hesse, Germany, Columbus, Ohio, Ashburn, Virginia, Tuscumbia, Alabama, Erie, Pennsylvania, Florence, Birmingham, Muscle Shows, and Lexington, Alabama. Thank you for listening to and downloading our podcast. Jimmy, why do you think God laid the topic of how not to be tricked on your heart for this podcast? I think it's a sign of our time and how people treat one another. People deceiving one another today is so prevalent. I'd like to look at a few topics before we get into the Bible verses and then come back to them at the end. First, we'll look at the terms that have unfortunately become so prevalent today. Playing someone is defined as when a person pretends to like someone only to leave them hanging and later restart communication to only repeat the cycle. Ghosting. Ghosting's definition is when a person cuts off all communication with someone without any prior warning and with no explanation. Manipulation is defined as controlling someone to your own advantage, often unfairly or dishonestly. Reasons people play, ghost, and manipulate others include dishonesty, immaturity, opportunistic, personal gain, and these are just to name a few. Yes, that sounds like a whole lot to avoid. Exactly. So, what's going on here? Why do people want to do these mean and manipulative things to other people? No matter what mind game someone plays, it's all rooted in dishonesty, deception, and trickery. We can see all of these at work in the lives of Jacob, Esau, and Laban. So, I may note, it's not the goal of this podcast to do an extensive Bible study on Jacob. When you look at Jacob's life, there is a lot of information and Bible chapters to read through. Our goal today is to focus on those times of deception in Jacob's life and the consequences of that deception and trickery. I will give Bible references that discuss the different parts of Jacob's life, deceiving others, and the parts of Jacob's life where he is deceived and tricked himself. I'm going to preach a bit, if I may, and then we can come back to our conversation. We begin in Genesis 25, 29-34, where we find Jacob taking advantage of Esau and talking him into selling his birthright for a bow of stew. Genesis 25, 29 through 34. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. Look, I am about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. He ate and drank, and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Beware of the opportunists in your lives. They either approach you with the phrase, Allow me to help you, 
but they don't mention the cost. Or if you ask for help, they say, sure, for a price. But you can rest assured the price is something of yours they've had their sights on for a long time, waiting for a weak moment for the perfect opportunity. And before you realize what happened, they're walking away with your stuff. So beware of the opportunist in your lives. This event shows manipulation and opportunism for personal gain at work. Genesis 27, 1 through 41 is where we find Jacob at the urgent of his mother tricks his dad Isaac into robbing Esau of his firstborn blessing. And this is where the consequences set in for Jacob. Here's how it happened. Isaac was getting old. He couldn't see well, and he knew his days on earth were ended. So he asked his oldest son Esau to go out and hunt game, cook it, bring it to him, and he would give him the blessing of the firstborn. The Bible says in Genesis 27, 5, Now Rebekah was listening. Rebekah was listening to a private conversation between his son and a dad. Beware of people who listen. When you mention a great idea to a co-worker and your boss implements it, while your friend is getting a pat on the back, you wonder what happened. Beware of people who listen. Rebecca was listening, and the opportunist in her came out. We find in Genesis 27, 5 through 13, Rebecca laying out her plan to her son Jacob, how he will trick Isaac into giving him Esau's birthright blessing. One can argue it was Rebecca who was the one where the blame lies for the dishonesty. However, at the end of the day, it was Jacob who decided to go along with his mother's plan of manipulation and deception. In Genesis 27, 14 through 30, Jacob follows through with his plan of tricking Isaac into giving him the blessing of the firstborn. Genesis 27, 30-33 describes how Esau finds out from his father Isaac that Jacob has come before him and has stolen his blessing of the firstborn. Have you ever been the last one in your family, at your job, or at your school to discover something concerning yourself that you should have been the first to know? Hate it when that happens. You show up on the beach for a family vacation photo. And out of 20 people, you're the only one in the crowd not wearing a white shirt. You're next in line for a promotion at work, and you walk in one day to find someone else got the promotion, and you wasn't even made aware of the new position. It's Saturday morning, and you find all of your friends and their parents have gone on a trip to the aquarium in another town, and no one told you about it. You found out from someone else. The feeling Esau had when he found out he was a day late and a dollar short. I know that feeling all too well. Everyone knows it. Dishonesty and trickery breed consequences, and Jacob and Rebekah were dealt immediate consequences for their deception. We find in Genesis 27, verse 41, where anger and a desire for revenge hardened Esau's heart against his brother Jacob, and he begins planning to kill him. Finally, in verse 42 through 46, Rebekah hears Esau's plan to kill Jacob and tells him to go away and live with her brother Laban. Rebekah then resorts to trickery again to get Isaac to send Jacob away to live with Laban. The consequence for Jacob was that he was entering a place and a time where he would become the one who was deceived and tricked by Laban many times. The world says it like this, what goes around comes around, instant karma. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. We all know people who spend their time pitting people against each other and are constantly stirring up trouble. Person after person, family after family, become their target, harassing and tormenting one after the other. 
but they always reap what they sow. Just give it time, and it will become evident. We all see the road rage videos on social media where someone passes a car screaming out of the window, then crashes or drops their phone. We also see the videos where people are walking down the street, railing at someone, and then they walk into a pole. Instant karma, sowing and reaping. Psalm 37, 1 and 2. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither away. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. As we enter into Genesis chapter 28, we see in verse 10, Jacob leaving Beersheba and setting out for Haran to his uncle Laban's home. First, Jacob deceived his father Isaac and his brother Esau. Now, he will be the one tricked and deceived. In chapter 29, verse 15 through 20, Laban offers to pay Jacob for his work. Jacob and Laban agree that Jacob will work for Laban for seven years. At the end of the seven years, he will give Rachel to Jacob. So for the next seven years, Jacob works for Laban as promised. At the end of the seven years, Jacob asked for Rachel's hand in marriage. Laban invited everyone around and made a big feast. Once it became dark, Laban sent his daughter Leah into Jacob, not Rachel as promised, but Leah. And when the morning came and the sun rose, Jacob saw that it was Leah and not Rachel who had been given to him. The trickster gets tricked. As you might imagine, Jacob was unhappy that Leah was now his wife, not Rachel. Let's read Genesis 29, 25 through 27. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, It is not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And there you have it, my friends, a shining example of deception and trickery at work. Remember, at the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned being aware of opportunists. They either approach you with a phrase, allow me to help you, but they don't mention the cost. Or if you ask them for help, they say, sure, for a price. Laban could have been honest with Jacob, saying, sure, you can work for me for Rachel, but you will have to work for Leah first, and then for Rachel. It is not our custom to give the younger daughter first, so that's my offer. You can think about it and let me know. That's not what Laban did. He was deceptive and dishonest by not letting Jacob know this until after he had worked for him seven years. Then to give Jacob what he was asking for, he made him work another seven years for Rachel. So Jacob worked 14 years to get the wife he wanted and ended up with a second wife he never wanted. Boy, talk about a bad deal. That's a bad deal. But before you start feeling too bad for Jacob, remember the law of sowing and reaping. Jacob deceived his father Isaac and his brother Esau for the blessing of the firstborn in his family. Galatians 6-7 Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And Laban wasn't done yet. During the time Jacob worked for Rachel, Laban's flocks of sheep, lambs, and goats had increased immensely. So Jacob asked Laban to pay him for his work by allowing him to remove the dark-colored and speckled animals from the flock to become his wages, and Laban agreed. And once again, Laban was deceptive with Jacob, tricking him. So what did Laban do? Before Jacob could go through the flock and separate what now belonged to him, Laban had his sons go through it, remove all the dark-colored and speckled animals, and take them three days away so Jacob couldn't find them. 
I imagine by now Jacob is very frustrated, and rightly so. As opposed to becoming angry with Laban, Jacob returned to his old ways of trickery once again. Let's look at Genesis chapter 30, verses 37 through 43. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from poplar, almond, and plain trees and made white stripes on them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. Then he placed the peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. When the flocks were in heat and came to drink, they made it in front of the branches, and they bore young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob set apart the young of the flock by themselves, but made the rest face the streak and dark-colored animals that belonged to Laban. Thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals. Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches in the troughs in front of the animals so they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weak, he would not place them there. So the weak animals went to Laban and the strong ones to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks and female and male servants and camels and donkeys. If there was ever a contentious relationship between two men, it had to be between Laban and Jacob. Let's take a moment to step back and look at the big picture. Jacob is now in Laban's family in his hometown, married to two of his daughters, the father of his grandchildren, all because Jacob tricked his brother Esau and his father Isaac. Now that Jacob has worked 14 years for both Leah and Rachel, he goes to Laban and says, I need to be paid for my work. And Laban agrees, but then turns around and hides Jacob's wages from him. In return, Jacob is special breeding the flock, so he ends up with the best and strongest animals. In Genesis chapter 31, we read how Laban's feelings towards Jacob began to sour. By now, Laban had changed Jacob's wages ten times. Laban cheated Jacob in every way he could think of, but Jacob kept prospering. God spoke to Jacob in a dream, telling him to leave and return to his native land. Sometimes when you've been abused for the last time, cheated for the last time, robbed for the last time, talking is over. It's just over. There's no more to discuss. There's no more to talk about. It's over. And for Jacob, it was over. He packed up his stuff and left Laban's house in his land. Jacob and Laban later made peace and went their separate ways, but only after Jacob had enough and moved on. Sometimes you have to move on to move up. There is so much going on here. A whole lot is going on. I'm sitting here taking this all in, and one just has to ask themselves, why? Yes, absolutely. And what is the soul of this podcast? Remember, I mentioned the point of this podcast is not to take an in-depth study of Jacob's life. To do that, you would have to have multiple podcasts or sermons to do so. Instead, we look at Jacob's life to learn the importance of being honest with those around us. Being honest is the first step toward not being tricked. If you aren't sowing trickery, you aren't getting tricked. I see Jacob made peace with Laban. Did he ever make peace with Esau? He did. After he leaves Laban's home, we read in Genesis chapter 32, where Jacob sends some of his men out to meet Esau. They bring word back to Jacob that Esau is coming to meet him. As the two men neared one another, Esau ran to meet Jacob. They embraced one another and wept together. What an incredible true story. Two brothers were separated for many years through Jacob's greed and brought back together to live out their days in peace. 
There were so many twists and turns from the day Jacob tricked Isaac and Esau to the day they were standing in the road embracing in tears. I'd like to talk a few minutes about second chances. They can be the greatest gift when you need them the most, but they can also be the most challenging gift to give. Families today have strained relationships due to things that have happened in the past. So often the offended person holds on to the offense for many years, preventing them from giving their family member a second chance. Unfortunately for Jacob, Esau could see how he had changed from being greedy and selfish to becoming humble and loving. The change in Jacob cemented the lasting peace between Jacob and Esau. Something important to note is the importance of giving others a second chance with an open mind. I often tell people that time always tells the truth. People can wear a mask around us, but given the chance to bear all things, time will always tell the truth about a person or a situation. Time stands still for no man. For no man. I can't help but think about all the time that passed in Jacob's life and the things that he missed out on during these years of estrangement with his family. This brings us to our three-part conclusion, biblical wisdom, a summary, and a word of hope and encouragement in Christ. Jimmy, share the biblical wisdom our listeners can come away with from this podcast. Matthew five thirty-seven. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Proverbs twelve twenty-two. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. Proverbs ten nine. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. The Ten Commandments summarize. 1. You shall have no other gods before God. 2. Shall make no idols. 3. Shall not take the name of God in vain. 4. Keep the Sabbath day holy. 5. Honor your father and mother. 6. You shall not murder. 7. You shall not commit adultery. 8. You shall not steal. 9. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. 10. You shall not covet. The Golden Rule, Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. That is an excellent balance of biblical wisdom for not only avoiding being tricked, but for being a good person and living a great life. Imagine how much more of a beautiful place the world would be and how much happier and prosperous everyone would be if everyone would try their best to keep the Ten Commandments and follow the Golden Rule. Just imagine never hearing God's name taken in vain. Imagine people worshiping God and resting on the Sabbath. Imagine children honoring their parents and treating them with respect. Imagine no stabbings, no shootings, no murders. Imagine the divorce rate plummeting because husbands and wives are faithful. Think if there was no theft or robberies. Imagine people getting along with and having respect for their neighbors. Imagine how much happier people would be just following the Ten Commandments and the Golden Rule. We need that in the world today. We do, and it begins with each individual. If each of us sows goodness into the world, it will make a difference. Let's look back at Jacob. If he had just honored his father Isaac and treated Esau with respect, he would not have tricked Esau and Isaac, and he would not have been in the position he was in with Laban, where he was the one being deceived and mistreated. Jacob's story is one of many where someone falls short of God's best plan for their life, yet God still makes things work out and brings good from it. I think that story runs true for all of us throughout our lives. Yes, so true. Jimmy, now for the summary portion of the closing. What is on your heart for the summary of this podcast? 
tricked how not to be. Yes, there are several things that ring true in my heart and mind. Firstly, we all make mistakes. Jacob made a mistake by deceiving and tricking his dad and brother. Mistakes have consequences. The consequences for Jacob were immediate and lasted what many believe to be 20 years. The amount of time he lived with and worked with Laban. During those 20 years, Jacob was continually deceived and tricked by Laban. Forgiveness. Jacob spent 20 years living and working for his uncle, continuously being deceived, all while avoiding his brother Esau in his wrath. Yet the instant Jacob was reunited with his brother Esau, all was forgiven. God forgives us when we ask and commands us to forgive those who have offended us. Make things as right as humanly possible. After tricking his dad and brother, Jacob fled his home without warning or discussion. That led to 20 years of consequences. He then ran from Laban's house without any warning or discussion. It was only when Laban tracked down and forced Jacob to face him that Jacob began to make things right in his life. And finally, after he and Laban worked out their differences and said proper goodbyes, he meets his brother and makes things right with him. Of course, there was no way to right every wrong. However, these three men made things as right as humanly possible amongst themselves. Plan B. Sometimes we mess things up so bad in our lives that God's plan A passes, and we can't get that back. We see throughout the Bible where great men and women of God mess things up in their lives, yet God still had a plan B that he blessed. If you have tricked others, ask for forgiveness and make things as right as humanly possible. If someone has tricked you, don't get bogged down in anger and depression. Ask God to show you plan B and to open the right doors to goodness and success. Jimmy, what an excellent summary. And now for the hope and encouragement in Christ portion of our closing. Yeah, I would just like to say that I know all too well how terrible and embarrassing it feels to be tricked, especially by someone who is supposed to be family or a close friend. How awful it feels to be the last to find out what everyone else already knew, but didn't care enough to come forward and make you aware of what was happening. I've been there and have a closet full of t-shirts. So I would just say that honesty is the first step to not getting tricked. If you are honest with others, you are sowing good seeds and are less likely to be tricked in the first place. Never make rash decisions under pressure from others. Take time to think things out and ask people you can trust how they feel about a potential relationship or opportunity. Watch for red flags and listen to your gut. If you see red flags and get gut checks, you're most likely being deceived. Look at a person's past relationships and work history. If you see a path of broken relationships and the inability to keep a job, chances are you're just another stop on their trail of destruction. And above all things, pray and ask God to give you discernment in all that you do. Jimmy, thank you for those words of wisdom. They can go a long way in preventing one from being tricked and deceived. And it is with that that we come to the end of this podcast. If you would like to connect with us, please go to our Facebook page, Christian Life Coaching by Jimmy and Melissa Thrasher. Please like, share, or send comments or questions. Also, please visit our evangelism and missions ministry, Silent Witness Inc. at silentwitnessinc.org to find out what we are doing in evangelism and missions. We have additional information and references in our show notes to discover at your leisure. If this podcast has blessed you, and if you are a business or corporate owner, please consider becoming a sponsor of our show. We would love to discuss how we can partner together to help one another further our callings. If you visit silentwitnessinc.org and want to partner in our evangelism and missions work, please consider giving at silentwitnessinc.org. 
We hope you look to God and His Word for the answers to all of your needs and concerns. And until next time, be sure to be good to yourself and to those around you.